for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. This is the update. On today's show. As baseball players return to diamonds across the country for spring training 2.0, our senior writer Dan Brown knew the perfect guy to call to explain the best way for those players to prepare and succeed for such a short and strange major league season. This is the story of former giant Daryl Evans, the most underappreciated player in baseball history. It's Monday, July 6th. Well, Dan, welcome back. I absolutely loved this piece because Daryl Evans was, uh, well, maybe because of my age, I don't know, but not the first guy that I would have thought of to reach out to for advice on how to succeed in the upcoming 60-game season. So why did you think, who to call, who to call? Ah, yes, let's call Daryl Evans. (laughs) Why not call Daryl Evans? (laughs) You know, the Giants players are about to face this challenge of, you know, they got all cooked up for spring training. They were getting into regular season form and then stopped. Nothing. This restart is going to be a challenge for them to kind of pick up where they left off. So, you know, in 1981, they had a player's strike. took almost a 60-day break to get that resolved. And I was curious. I just went and looked at that 81 team to see, like, okay, who came out of that break looking sharp? Who came out and really kind of thrived? Mostly to ask, okay, you hit so well after that break. How did you spend that time? Were you in the cage every day? Were you doing workouts? Were you running? Did you, you know, what was your kind of personal spring training? And Evans was a guy who, like in his first game back, three hits against Don Sutton, two hits the next night against Joe Necro. Like he came out swinging. So figured he might have some answers for everybody else. Yeah. So what did he tell you about how he performed so well after what you mentioned, the 59-day layoff? Part of this was inspired. Tom Verducci, the great Sports Illustrated writer, had done a story on this, kind of the same topic, just looking at 81 from a national perspective. But Pete Rose, in that story, spent every day in the cage, 250 swings. He'd show up at the cages at ballpark time, so he would stay on schedule. and Hit, hit, hit. Evans was the other way. He didn't hit that much. He didn't go to the gym and work out every day. And his basic approach was, I know my swing. I don't need to go hit 100 times and lose that swing. He said, you know, some guys will take 100 swings and then go take 100 more off the tee. He took batting practice just long enough to know, okay, that's the swing. My stroke is back. It's counterproductive to just hit, hit, hit. If you went to a batting cage and by the 10th swing, would you be going downhill or uphill. You can go down there because mentally you can't keep that edge plus. Plus physically you start to get a little tired. So I learned after a while that, okay, once I got it, I didn't need to hit 100 more swings. I didn't need to do any of that. There's some guys that didn't take BP or didn't take much BP because I guess they felt the same way I did was, I don't need to repeat this, just like learn how to drive. Once I learn how to drive, I'm just tweaking it over and over again. And then he'd say, that's it, and walk out. Now in the modern age, like no athlete in 2020 is going to not go to the gym, work with a personal trainer, get their chefs to do whatever. He was so old school, and he actually was touting that. He said, guys, they do too much. I see guys now, they go after the game. They can't wait to go in there and lift weights. Yeah. I'm like, well, first of all, you should be too frickin' tired to be doing that crap. You should be working. Your mentally should be beat. 
injuries are higher than ever because people are training not for baseball, but for their beach bodies. <laughs> I love that. Got to look good uh, when they're out there getting their tan on because uh, this kind of leads us to another fascinating aspect. You highlight in the piece, Dan, that his production as he aged was just incredible. So tell us more about that. Yeah, I mean, that's one of his great niches in baseball history is success after age 35. He hit 40 home runs in 1973 when he was 26. And then his next 40 homer season came 15 years later when he's 38. He hits 40 more and continued to hit 34 homers at age 40. And he says, when I was playing, I took care of my body. I got my sleep and I kept getting smarter and smarter and smarter. This was kind of in the days before video study, let alone the analytics you can get now on any given pitcher on any given night. But he spent a lot of time watching opponents after games. He would not go to the gym like some guys do now, but he would kind of go over his bats. If he saw a player on another team who was on a hot streak, he would watch that player and kind of try to glean what uh, that person was doing. And he understood the strike zone. That was the thing, you know, he briefly was a teammate of Billy Beans with the Tigers of all places. I've forgotten Billy Bean was a Tiger for like 18 games, but Darren Evans is a money ball player. He hit 248 at a time when people looked batting average a lot, but his on-base percentage was 361 lifetime, led the league in walks a couple times. He did it at a time when it's a really underappreciated skill, and I think that helped him as he got older. He just knew his strengths and weaknesses. So what I want to do is I want to swing at the balls inside the strike zone, and when I get to be as good as some of us did, we're narrowing it down to a small little box. If they throw it in this little box... I'm going to hit hard. If they don't, it's either a ball or I'm going to take it. 21 years, he never went on the disabled list. So that was the thing in the story. He says, why has nobody ever called me to ask, how did I do all this? So why hasn't an organization called me or anybody called me and go, hey, let's you played all those games and you went on the disabled list. How'd you do that? How come none of them have done it? Yeah. Because they're asking the stupid trainers that don't know shit. They never played. They yeah. never done this. <laughs> What else did he say when it came to maintaining such a consistent level of success year in and year out? He was big on rest. He said he'd come home so worked up from a game that he often couldn't fall asleep until three, but then he'd sleep till noon. He was big on running. He said he learned that from the pitchers who were such workhorses, especially in his era. You know, what they did for baseball training was run in the outfield. And he, during offseason, would run three to five miles a day, which isn't really that much, but for four-year-old baseball player, maybe. He would do six to seven days a week of running. His strength training, to me, I never really got a good answer, except for when he was in his early career, he didn't make enough. So he would work, like a lot of guys did back then, off-season jobs. And one of his jobs was loading crates in a truck job. <laughs> and he said a lot oh, of the wow. strength came from that. So I don't know if he, in the off-seasons, as he got older, just for a workout, he would find a truck dock someplace. <laughs> well, and I imagine that playing with the likes of Hank Aaron and Willie McCovey, that probably didn't hurt either, right? For sure. I mean, he has such respect for those guys. He said his childhood idol was Eddie Matthews, and Eddie Matthews turned out to be one of his first major league managers with the uh, Atlanta Braves and played with Hank like Dusty did. You know, those guys can tell Hank Aaron stories forever because Hank was such a thoughtful hitter and I think really took a lot of the young guys under their wings. So Hank and then McCovey, he hit in front of for a lot of years. So he played down a little bit the effects of hitting in front of those guys. 
because I think he took offense at like, oh, of course you're getting pitches to hit. You hit in front of Aaron and McCovey. He's like, no, man, I, le- I still led the league in walks twice. Like, I wasn't getting that many good pitches. He didn't want to give his credit to the shoot yeah, or whoever guys. was sitting behind him in the, <laughs> in the order. But his respect for those guys and their knowledge of the game, you know, still really shaped him. He learned from them about how to attack certain pitchers. And he was a big Ted Williams fan, too, and read The Science of Hitting, the Ted Williams book. Ted kind of wore down. 10 copies. I had to buy new ones every year because he read it so often. Oh, and speaking of all those greats, Williams and Aaron and McCovey, it seems like Evans raised his game to their level when he was facing some of the best pitchers in the game. I mean, how did he do against, you know, Tom Seaver and Phil Negro and Bob Gibson, those greats? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, he had his first major league home run against Bob Gibson, which is awesome. He had those guys, as well as anybody, he hit the most of his career home runs. He hit eight home runs off of Tom Seaver, but he also hit Steve Carlton. I think it was four off of him, maybe four off of Sutton. Like you go down his home run list on baseballreference.com. And like you said, he tended to rise to the occasion against the best pitchers. And he said, one of the things he figured out that was helpful was guys like Seaver who were so thoughtful were different on a given night. They would really change their game plan from game to game in a way that some of the other pitchers who kind of just stayed to their strengths were more predictable. You had to think through a fever and find out early, is he a fastball night or is it a curveball night? Is he working at the top of the zone or the bottom of the zone? The variable of facing Tom Seaver in Cincinnati and then 10 days later facing him in Atlanta, he was a completely different pitcher. He didn't throw the same. I threw a little harder, loss, a little bit less, because he's a human being. He was always on alert for what Seaver might be doing different in a in a particular game. He also said he hit 370 or something against Seaver, which uh, was not true. It was more like 250. But... <laughs> Only a few hundred percentage points <laughs> off, right? He rounded up. <laughs> well, it seems that uh, Evans is pretty big on the mental side of hitting. He even quizzed you at one point during your conversation, right? It was awful, yes. <laughs> the more he thought about Ted Williams and getting a good pitch to hit, and I made the mistake of saying, oh, yeah, when you say getting a good pitch to hit, that means something more to you on an expert level because you know what a pitcher might be throwing. You're aware of more of your weaknesses. You might be looking for a particular pitch in a particular zone. So he's like, no, that's not it at all. Because I didn't care who was on the mound. I didn't care if they were left-handed or right-handed. This is what I was doing. You know, he just took me through all these imaginary at-bats, and I failed on the pitch sequence guessing every single time. <laughs> when you're ahead in the count, just off the top of your head, what would you be looking for? Fastball. Okay. So if I'm not ahead in the count, what should I be looking for? Breaking ball. No. No? There you go. That's why you couldn't hit. <laughs> you said, this is why you couldn't hit. And I was thinking, yes, that and 20 other reasons. <laughs> you know, the big thing with that was because uh, the overall message was if you're behind in the count, if it's 0 and 2, what are you looking for? I said, I would look more for a breaking ball. He's like, no, you've got to look fastball because pitchers trust that pitch more than any other pitch. And also, if you guess wrong, you're dead. So I will remember that for my next major league at bat. I will be <laughs> look fastball more often. Keep that one in your back pocket, Dan. Um, I know you guys talked for a while. What's the biggest thing that you learned from Daryl that you expect will play a role if and when this strange baseball season does get underway this year? It's a good question. I mean, so much of his success was predicated on health. 
He knew his stats well, as a lot of these guys do. You know, all these guys who spend their career saying, I don't care about numbers. And now in retirement, they know every number. (laughs) Right. The guy ranked 33rd all time in games played. That's true. A lot of his success was he played for a long time and didn't get hurt. And I think in a short season coming up, COVID, a health concern aside, I think health might dictate a World Series. It's the teams who can handle the 60-game grind with a shortened spring training. We're going to find out who took care of themselves during this break. We're going to find out who you know, has their body ready for what could be kind of a fluky season. And one big injury to one contending team could really change the dynamics of a playoff race. So he made it clear, you know, you've got to take care of yourself. And, you know, that's winning baseball. And train for the baseball body versus the beach body. Dan. <laughs> beach so body, yes. might want to change your regimen. <laughs> I, I don't think I'll go to either place. Right now, but... <laughs> Look for the fastball, train for the baseball body. Look for the fastball, baseball body. Done and done. Oh, Dan, great to have you back with us. Thanks, as always, for the time. Yeah, always fun joining you, Kate. Thanks so much. To read Dan's article on Daryl Evans, the most underappreciated player in baseball history, just click the link in the description notes of today's podcast. Don't forget, you can now listen to us through any of your Google devices. Just tell your assistant, play the update with Kate Scott Podcast. And as always, if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe. For all of us here at The Update, thanks to Dan for stopping by. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Kate Scott. Have a safe and healthy few days, everybody. Looking forward to talking to you again on Wednesday.